Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. My name is Peter, and I'm here with my co-host Lee. Hi there. Uh, and today we've got a big, fiery, explosive one for you. Oh boy. Uh, but first, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, so we got new people keep coming and listening, and it's awesome. There's no continuity, per se, in the episodes, but we do reference previous episodes a lot. So it's probably worthwhile, if you enjoy what you hear in this one, to go back and maybe listen to some of the you other ones. You should probably listen to all of them. Just start the beginning. Just if you're a completist like me and probably yeah. Peter, I mean... It's true. I got, I got a box set of everything, and I've seen exactly. every one. <laughs> <laughs> of what? Doesn't matter. Everything. Everything. Um, a lot of people ask, best way to help us? Uh, subscribe, leave a review, tell anyone that'll listen. If you, like anybody, if you know anybody who likes podcasts and disasters... Spread uh, the word. Spread the word. We've, we've also been described more and more lately as true crime adjacent. So if you have any true crime fans, yeah, it kind of scratches uh, the same kind of morbid itch. Exactly. A um, couple more announcements. This is a this is a, an exception. We don't usually have this many this much stuff to talk about at the <laughs> beginning. We get we usually get right to the disaster. Right. Trust me, we're gonna get there. We're going gonna get there on. real soon. We are gonna be playing live at the Ottawa Podcast Festival. Uh, so if you're in Ottawa or near Ottawa and you want to see our faces as we describe disasters to you, you can come check us out on August 24th. That's a Saturday. Uh, we're on at 3.30, but there's a lot of great local podcasts that are going to be there. So, And it's at Live on Elgin. Is Live it on not? Elgin. That's right. Yeah. On Elgin Street, which is a bit of a disaster uh, in and of itself. Well, maybe right that's now. what we'll be talking about. Maybe we'll, we'll probably pick something. No, better. that's lame. We'll pick something. Uh, we'll pick something better. But yeah, you can get all the details at www.ottawapodcastfestival.com. All one word. So come hey, check okay. us out. Uh, and finally, we got stickers. Oh, so yeah. we have a thing going on right now where if you get in touch with us, either like DM us on, on, on Instagram or through our website, you can contact us. Send us your birthday and mailing address, uh, and we will send you a personalized handwritten postcard and some stickers. Uh, about a disaster that shares your special day. So, you know, there next you go. time you've got a birthday and you're thinking that everything is happy and about you, <laughs> it's not. Thousands of people died on that day, too. Probably. But still, <laughs> personalized. Yeah. We care. Just for you. And also, if you're a fan of Hereditary, <laughs> you can get a pin of Tony Collette's screaming head in cartoon form like Peter did and just show me. Right. That's right. We'll not probably cut us, that though. out. Not from us. Not okay. No. That's going away. Okay, so today's disaster is on book. So we derive inspiration from this Reader's Digest book called Great, Great Disasters. It's published in 1989. So what we do sometimes is we go in, we pick a disaster from that book, supplement it with our own research, and then tell you guys about it. Mm -hmm. So today's disaster is on book. On book. Back on track. So why don't we start by talking about idyllic Mount St. Helens oh. <laughs> in the late 70s. Okay. So it's part of the Cascade Range. Oh. We're diving right in here. That sounds So the Cascade gorgeous. Range, well, it is, and I'll tell you all about it. Please so do. the Cascade Range is a mountain range spanning much of Western North America, from uh, about Northern California to right around Southern British Columbia in Canada. Okay. A um, lot of famous mountains along this uh, range. Uh, you've got Mount Rainier, mm -hmm. um, which to be fair is kind of a badass in its own right. Maybe we'll talk about that one okay. at a later date. But it's considered one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world uh, and is a proud member of the Decade Volcanoes. Keep that in mind. Mount Rainier is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Keep, keep, keep Decade and Volcanoes in mind. Keep it in the back of your mind. Uh, we also got Mount Hood, Mount Baker, a lot of like big ones that you probably heard of. Right. It's part of the Pacific Ocean's Ring of Fire, uh. which is not to be confused with when you have like burritos and doesn't go well. Right. And Johnny Cash comes to That's sing it. to you. Oh, uh, maybe it was about this. Do you mm. think he was a geologist? Oh, uh, almost like, definitely. Yeah, that's what it oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Definitely yeah, yeah. not about hell. No. <clears throat> so anyway, there's a bit of a connection there to our Tsunami Terror episode a couple couple whiles back, because that also took place on the Ring of Fire. Okay. Because Japan's sitting right on the Ring of Fire. So it uh, this Ring of Fire is a contributor to seismic events causing tsunami activity in Japan. And so it formed, it's a 40,000 kilometer horseshoe shape along the western coast of South and North America. It goes across the Bering Strait between Alaska and Russia, and then down the east coast of Japan, through the Philippines, and down to New Zealand. Wow, we Yeah, it's like a giant that area. covers some ground. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically like a series of moving tectonic plates and belts of volcanoes all along that ridge. Right. And so the Cascade Range is part of this ring of fire. Sure. Okay. So one of the mountains that belongs to the Cascade Range is beautiful, idyllic, serene Mount St. Helens. Aww. And we keep saying mount... Um, and that's probably because it's catchier than Stratovolcano, but we'll get into that. Yeah. 
So the area around Mount St. Helens in the late 70s, uh, and probably leading up to then too, uh-huh. was a paradise. You had trout fill, or trout and salmon-filled streams, forests thick with elk, deer, and mountain lions. Um, they probably weren't getting along, but anyway, well, still nature. In a way, they were. That's true. Like, <laughs> balance. One was feeding the other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The lions were doing fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mountain itself was almost perfectly symmetrical, uh, lifting its snow-capped peak to nearly 3,000 meters or 10,000 feet. Sounds like a postcard. To it's me. great, and it well, it was a postcard to 83-year-old Harry Truman, not not the president. Okay, okay. but same name. Sure. Uh, he lived on Spirit Lake, which is kind of at the base of the mountain, and it overlooks Mount St. Helens. And okay. he lived there for 53 years. I can't remember if you said like where and where is Spirit Lake lo- located. So it's at the base of the mountain, uh, and Mount St. Helens is in Washington. State. Washington State. Washington State. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I guess I didn't say that. So it's like right underneath BC for the Canadian listeners. Boom. Yeah, there it is. And, like, if you look at the pictures, uh, especially pre-event, pre it, it was amazing. Like, we'll we'll post them on our social media, maybe a before and after. Okay. Uh, the after, in this case, is much worse than the before. <laughs> and the before looks amazing. Like, I don't blame him for living there for 53 years. Right. So, like, imagine waking up, looking at a picture-perfect snow-capped peak, like, right across the lake oh, from your home. Made in the shade. So, basically... If I haven't painted the... Like, Eden ain't got shit on Mount St. Helens. <laughs> and there's no bastard snakes trying to trick you and That's ruin humanity for everyone. Th- well, to be fair, that we know of. That we know of. So, well, we I don't know what say, I can't there. say to yeah. a certainty. Exactly. I'm assuming a lot. So, it was beautiful before May 1980. May 1980. And I struggled a little bit to come up with where I should put this sidebar... Okay. Uh, we're big on sidebars here, too, oh, you'll notice. All about the sidebars. Just going to dive right in now to a sidebar on volcanoes. Yay! Also known as the reason that I've been losing sleep because I've fallen down many a black hole talking, thinking about volcanoes <laughs> and researching volcanoes. Fallen into the volcano. Uh, that's the mouth of the beast. <laughs> um, so... Unlike tsunamis, I didn't have a failed grade four <laughs> project that I'm making up for now. This was just because they're super interesting. Yeah. So... At the most basic, volcanoes are the result of plate tectonics. Right. So the Earth's crust is broken into 17 major tectonic plates floating on a softer mantle layer. Okay. And you remember Nuclear Norman's uh, explanation of the sun dying from our sunshine episode? Yeah, film sure. fiasco, episode uh, six, I think. Let's say six. Go through the episode list. Anyway, so eventually the Earth will be, spoiler alert, eventually the earth will be burnt down to its iron core by the sun. Oh, yeah, I'm so not at that season. <laughs> God. You're not at the end of the earth? Anyway. Okay. So anyway, so the core is solid iron. Yes. And other than that, the earth, ma- earth is made up of like the core, solid iron and nickel core, a mantle, which is kind of like semi-solid rock, uh-huh. uh, and the crust, which is what we're sitting on. It's like a rigid, brittle outer layer. Yep. So the tectonic plates are pieces of the earth's crust and uppermost mantle and they kind of move around yeah so uh, on that softer sublayer so volcanoes form at either divergent or convergent plate boundaries okay basically divergent plate boundaries are where tectonic plates are moving away from each other and they expose the molten rock sure underneath. sure sure uh and this mostly happens underwater and it's f- like you form new seafloor so like the magma uh, the molten rock comes up gets cooled cool, by the water and then you have a new seafloor basically right. okay and if divergent plate boundaries occur above sea level, they form volcanic islands mm. like Iceland, oh. which is why it has such a unique topography. Mm. Yeah. And then you have the more common ones that we usually picture resulting from convergent plate boundaries. Okay. So this is when tectonic plates collide and one slides underneath the other. Uh-huh. Um, what that happened, that sliding basically, uh, it's almost like the friction creates a massive amount of heat, which melts the rock on the upper one. Mm. Uh, and it basically forms like a column of melted rock or magma. I was trying not magma. to say. <laughs> this is like the third Austin Powers reference we have yeah, in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we like Austin Powers. I guess. Red hot liquid magma. magma. So it melts the rock, forms magma, and collects in magma chambers sort of along the way and eventually breaches the surface as a volcano. Jeez. Yeah. The plates don't just fit together nicely like... Nah. A Jenga? No, it's more like a puzzle where you think it's the right piece, but it clearly <laughs> isn't, and you're just like just jam it in. bashing it into place. <laughs> that's that's more picture that. The Earth is stupid. 
I know, right? Just get the right piece. Just fit. <laughs> so <laughs> we're trying to live here. <laughs> <laughs> it don't care. No, it don't. So volcanoes along the Pacific Ring of Fire are the result of convergent plate boundaries. Okay. Um, and also, maybe I should mention this just because someone might be like, there's another form. So mm-hmm. there's another theory behind what, like some volcanoes might be formed by what are known as hot spots, mm. which are areas of anomalously hot mantle underneath the crust. Uh, just basically like hot spots in that, the mantle layer yeah. in the, in the red hot rock even. And that just like kind of burns into the surface and forms a volcano. Just boom. But there's some controversy about that among volcanologists. Oh, so that's a uh, touchy subject. We'll leave that. Yeah. So there are a lot of, many types of volcanoes. I won't list them all, just the cool ones. <laughs> basically I went through a list. The ones that sit at the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. So. I just like picked out the cool sounding names. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the metal sounding names. Basically. So, well, here we go. Cryptodomes. That's yeah. That's an album title right there. So, <laughs> so those that's where in, uh, viscous lava is forced upward, forming a bulge just beneath the surface. Okay. And remember that because it's going to come up again. Oh, bulge beneath the surface. Yeah, big bulge. You also have stratovolcanoes, and this is maybe the one that's most common, okay. uh, or the one that we usually picture. So these are like the conical mountains composed of alternating layers of lava flows and debris from vents. Mm. So like you'll have like ash and debris settle on top of the lava, then lava pours over the top, and then you get more ash and debris. And that's how you kind of build up this cone. Your classic, classic volcano. volcano. Yeah, classic like grade six science fair right, volcano. Right. So, uh, yeah. And then you have uh, oh here's here's one that stood out. Uh, super volcanoes. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So basically, what super volcanoes are is giant calderas, and these are craters that are left behind when subterranean magma chambers empty and collapse, mm-hmm. and they can cause devastation on like continental scales. Did, was one of the major ex- extinction yeah. events not caused by a super volcano? It may have been. May yeah. have been. So like one of the big ones that I'm going to talk about is the Ngorongoro crater in um, Tanzania in Africa. Okay. But uh, anyway, so it, uh, well, yeah, I was, I'm going to talk about it now. So one of the notable ones is in Yellowstone, uh, the Yellowstone caldera right. in Wyoming. Uh, and faithful. the other one is the Ngorongoro crater in Tanzania. So it erupted 3 million years ago. Okay. And just some numbers here. The crater is now 610 meters or 2,000 feet deep. So over Whoa. half a kilometer deep. Wow. And it covers 260 square kilometers or 100 square miles. Holy moly. For reference, uh, New York City is 784 square kilometers. Okay. So smaller than New York City, but Brooklyn is 180. I was going to say, just one of the boroughs then. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm erupting here. That's yeah. so stupid. Cut that out. No, leave it. I'm going to leave it and I'm going to loop it. And that's our next, yeah, that's our next promo. And then the uh, diameter is 19 kilometers or 12 miles. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, no that's joke. Sizable. Yeah. Yeah. Super volcano. So volcanoes can also be classified by the texture of the lava that flows out of them. <laughs> Um, following an eruption. And it's here... Like you touch. Yeah. And like, eh, mouth feel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch chewy. it. It's real hot. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, so here I'm going to admit I'm only bringing it up because of the names of the different textures. There's basically two different, <laughs> two main different textures. Okay. There's uh, basically A apostrophe A pronounced ah-ah. <laughs> and it's like a rough chunky surface. And uh-huh. then there's, there's no way I'm going to say this without laughing. There's a, so one way of pronouncing it is pahoy hoy. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other one is pahoe pahoe. Pahoe pahoe. Oh, sorry, pahoe hoy. So pahoe hoy or pahoe hoy. Okay. And that's like a ropey texture. Ropey. So I brought that up because we've kind of got a running thing about uh, people naming things stuff in history. Uh-huh. Um, call it rough and ropey. <laughs> call it the rough textured volcanoes and the ropey textured is volcanoes. Is that like... <laughs> That it's sounds from Polynesian. Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. Which makes sense because there's a lot of volcanic activity in Hawaii. Sure. So a lot of the terms are going to come from there. And I'm not making fun of the terms, but it's like, maybe it's because I have a scientific background. <laughs> like all the, all the terms that I'm used to encountering ha- have very like common meanings, right? right? Where it's like you can approach the term and understand it, but it's like, oh, this is an uh-uh. Uh, what? Sorry, what? So it's a what now? <laughs> oh, it's rough. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Just say that. Anyway, so that's another way of classifying volcanoes. 
and here's something else about classification. So volcanoes, uh, volcanic activity are popularly classified into three headings. Mm. You've got, and you've, I'm sure you've heard these, uh, active, extinct, and dormant. Yeah. So active volcanoes, you'll hear, you'll see that it gets a bit blurry though, because active volcanoes, there's no consensus on what that means. Yeah. Because a, con- a volcano's lifespan can be months or millions of years. Sure. So, okay. Active great. for yeah. a, a natural phenomenon like that is... Yeah. Different from our point of view of exactly. I was active in my twenties. And- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. This is kind of like now I, I take it easy. <laughs> I feel like after re- doing this research, like the way that you know a volcano is active is if it blows up. Yeah. So anyway, by then it's too late. It sure is, <laughs> which we'll learn about. Mm. Um, so there's extinct, which basically means that it's unlikely to erupt again due to exhausted magma supply. Right. So I guess you can you kind of have a better feeling there. You can like measure magma, but there might be other sources. So sure. again, ext- unlikely, but not yeah. impossible. And then dormant means it hasn't erupted for thousands of years, but it will likely erupt again. Okay. So you you can see the common theme here is that none of these are particularly helpful, and all are like super <laughs> arbitrary. Exactly. Like a dormant volcano might as well be an active volcano if the time span is a million years, uh-huh. right? And we just happen to be unlucky enough to fall into yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And then extinct is like, off, yeah, yeah ex- and extinct just means that we haven't found its new source of magma. Yeah. So volcanoes are no joke. Right. No um, guarantees. And as I was doing this research, you might remember that I said that tsunamis are my favorite disaster. Yeah. I, I think they still are, but volcanoes, I got to read about Close a few second. more of them, but, uh, and, and I'll talk about why once we go through this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So more usefully, there are technical classifications now of volcanoes that follow an alert level. So there are different systems, but they'll be like, uh, they're all, they're all basically designed to indicate how worried people should be. Right. Because, you know, you can't walk around being like, this volcano could literally explode at any second. Yeah. They, you have some indicators. You gotta of, live your life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, I'm sure it's maybe step well i'm sure yeah there's, there's like it, well no i'm not gonna go in that much detail steps. but yeah there's like yeah, there's some systems that have colors there's some that have like numbers but it's basically it's more useful than um calling a volcano like dormant because that can lead you into a false sense of security yeah yeah, yeah. this actually is like um hey there's been a lot of seismic activity in this area lately right it's we're at a five sort of thing right so that, yeah um Ooh, and you remember how I mentioned decade volcanoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So volcanoes are designated decade volcanoes if they meet the following criteria. Hmm. So more than one volcanic hazard, and uh, for example, this could be the likelihood of people living nearby experiencing like falling debris, lava flows, lahars, which we'll get into. They're like boiling mudslides. Hmm. So that one, Uh, it shows recent geological activity. It's located in a populated area. It's politically and physically accessible for study, and there is local support for the work. So okay. if it fits those criteria, it's a decade volcano. Okay. And I think Mount Rainier was one of those. Hmm. So it's basically like, it's like a watch list for like, keep an eye on this one. Right. And I think there's 16 in total. And as far as volcanic activity, yep. there's many different qualifiers. It sounds yep. like like it's not just the big. No, exactly. Kaboom. Yeah, there's a lot of, we'll see that volcanoes wreak havoc in a lot of different ways. Okay. So final little notes here. Uh, Volcanoes aren't limited to Earth. So there's some evidence that there was volcanic activity on the moon. The surface of Venus was likely shaped in large part by volcanic activity. Mm. Uh, There are several extinct volcanoes on Mars that dwarf any scene on Earth. Yeah, with Uh, Mons. Yeah. Is Olympus Mons a volcano? Olympus Mons. Oh, I don't know. I know it's like. We'll check that. A mountain range. Keep an like eye on three our, times uh, that of Everest, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Maybe it was, I don't know. Someone's going to, you know that Someone there's going to be a time in the future when that thing is going to be like congested with overpopulation of climbers. Exactly. Right now it's like, oh, it's like, I don't, I don't know what the number is, but it's like bigger than Everest. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to have like times the, the first person that climbs it, <sighs> and then you're going to have the 4,000 people that All these... <laughs> Friggin' tourists. Yeah, listen, listen to our, uh, yeah, listen check to our out Mayhem, Tragedy uh, Tuesday on, uh, Tragedy Tuesday on Everest. Everest, same thing. Same damn thing. And then finally, Jupiter's moon Io is the most volcanically active object in the solar system. Oh, wow. If uh, that ever comes up in trivia. So it's basically hell. Yeah. In planet form. And it plays a large, it plays a big role in the Expanse books and TV show. Which check I gotta get out. back on. Yeah, super awesome. I'm dumb. So finally... On this sidebar. It's a long <laughs> one, but as you can tell, I got excited Worth about volcanoes. It. Yeah. Um, traditionally, ancient peoples believed volcanoes to be the result of supernatural causes or acts of God. Sure. Acts of the gods. Why wouldn't I guess you? I should say. Yeah. Which, again, fine. 
that they're massive and devastating and you, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. In the 17th century, a German astronomer, uh, Johannes Kepler, probably mm. rings a bell. Yeah. He thought that they were the Earth's tears. Hmm. Um, what a wussy. So a uh, 17th century German polymath who wrote about geology named uh, Athanasius Kircher thought they were vents for a central fire within the Earth. That's a little more on point. But I'm going to go with Kepler. Kepler. I think they're the earth crying. The earth crying? That seems, that seems more likely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you want. What, what was his vocation, sorry? Uh, he was an astronomer. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> maybe stick to his terms. Maybe st- <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? Know your strengths. Yeah. Play to them. Play to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to Mount St. Helens. Yes. Bit of foreshadowing. Mm. So it's probably clear by now that predictive volcanic activity is kind of a crapshoot. You've got, you know, those three, you know, active, dormant, and extinct, but they don't, that's just as far as we know. Right. And we don't know much. But two geologists issued a forecast in 1978 that an eruption was likely to occur at Mount St. Helens. Okay. So it was dormant for over a century at this point. Okay. Uh, But they obviously couldn't offer anything more specific than soon. Soon. Yeah. Which you never... It's a real relative term. Right. And that's a little bit foreboding. Like, I'm not sure how foreboding geologists are, physically speaking, but I just picture, like, ragged clothes. Soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. The prophets of doom, Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. Probably clipboards. Probably just clipboards. Yeah, just clipboards. Um, so March 20th, 1980, there were a series of earthquakes at, the, uh, at, at Mount St. Helens, reaching a frequency of 40 times an hour. Okay. So we're skipping right past subtle hints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> March 27th, uh, there was a small eruption, quote unquote, but a small eruption shooting ash and steam almost 2,000 meters into the air, or 6,500 feet. Okay. Rumbling noises came from the depths of the mountain. Cracks appeared on the surface, and a second crater appeared. Goodbye. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's tough, right? You live there like, well, I guess we got to move yeah. now. Like, I'm sure I'd be like, uh, we'll, let's wait. We'll, we'll get there. We'll stick it out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll get there is kind of a catchphrase at this point, but we're going to get there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the scientists from the United States Geological Survey, reporters and sightseers, all descended on the area in, uh, right near the area. They went to Vancouver, Washington. Right? Which I was like, hey, get your own name. We've got Vancouver, Vancouver. Wash- oh, <laughs> we got Vancouver, BC. Vancouver and, and Washington. And they're not even far apart. Yeah, Like jerks. Vancouver, and then like 100 kilometers north, you got our Vancouver. So I was like, what the? You Americans, you take everything, name, you right? take our city names. Well, <laughs> Probably. so mini sidebar, they're both named after the British Royal Navy officer, George Vancouver. Mm. Vancouver, Washington is older. So what? We had it. Ours is bigger and better. I learned about ours first, so we were first. Ours is way more expensive to live in. Exactly. So and and ours is one hundred percent more covered in marijuana smoke. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So scientists and observers covered the area in seismographs, thermal gauges, and tilt meters to measure vertical changes in the Earth. Uh, aircraft flew over, sampling gases and photographing the surface for changes. Right. Of particular interest to everyone, watching was a bulge that began to form on the side of the mountain. Oh, oh bulge. Remember the cryptodome we were talking cryptodome. about? Cryptodome. So it grew by about 1.5 meters or five feet per day until it bulged out to almost 100 meters or 300 feet. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture like rock bulging. Yeah, right? That's, yeah. it's not rubber. Like, no. It's, it's hard to... Yeah. Fathom. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like some, something, um, Titanic is happening. If yes. It's making a mountain bulge. Yes. This disconcerting. So, and it was pointed towards Spirit Lake, which was again at the base of Mount St. Helens, right. uh, to the east. And, and Spirit Lake was lined with vacation lodges and a Boy Scout camp. So it's not, not in the middle of nowhere. No. So Dixie Lee Ray, governor of Washington at the time, set up a red zone. Good right? name. Dixie Lee Ray. Yeah. <laughs> That one, that one passes the test. That one passes oh, muster. Yeah, with yeah. flying colors. Um, so she sets up a red zone uh, spanning eight kilometers or five miles from the peak, like in a circle. Okay. Eight kilometers. So she blocked traffic and ordered residents out. And obviously there was a lot of grumbling about this. Sure. Which is what you were talking about. Right. And it harkens back to our episode on the fire of London. That's what I was thinking about. People <laughs> like... Like, that's no, stupid, that's... stupid fire. Not going to reach my house. Oh, my house. Basically, right? Like, you know, the power of inertia, 
but it's my stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll be fine. Right? <laughs> Bad things don't happen to me. Exactly. And maybe a fire, you can kind of like fight the fire around your stuff. Yeah. A uh, volcano is not really going to take any prisoners. So, <laughs> but you can kind of see both sides, right? Like, right. Uh, anyway. Uh, one of the most vocal curmudgeons about leaving was Harry Truman. Mm. Remember the 83-year-old guy that's been living there for 53 years? Yeah, loving it. He refused to budge. Okay. <laughs> so he stays in his place at Spirit Lake. Well. So Dixie Lee Ray made one critical mistake in establishing the red zone. Hmm. Wasn't big enough. Five miles isn't big enough? Uh, eight kilometers, yeah. Eight yeah. clicks. Okay. So at 8.32 a.m., May 18th, 1980, Mount St. Helens exploded. Hmm. And that is an understatement. And I have the next area broken into subsections. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Here we go. Okay. Number one, landslide. Okay. So the north slope, weakened from all the activity since March, you know how those like 40 earthquakes a day. Right, right, right. Uh, was hit with a moderate earthquake. It had a moment magnitude of 5.1. And again, if you remember, think back to the tragedy Tuesday about Latuya Bay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the news doesn't bother with anything under a four. So it's not inconsequential. But then Latuya Bay was hit with a 7.8. Right. And I think the largest volcano on record is like a 9 or 9.1. Yeah. So, like, we're right in the middle. Right. So it Considerable. Ca- yeah. So it caused... Yeah, considerable, but, like, mo- moderate. Basically, all yeah. just to say It moderate. was the, um, the overture. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> well, it caused the face of Mount St. Helens to fall off. Oh, Largest landslide in recorded history. Oh. And I'm glad you're sitting down because I had to look this number up three times to make sure. And I even, I went to Google and I typed in the number in the search bar and then I added in words. Because like I kept double uh, second guessing myself. I don't want to say the wrong Ilian. Yeah, exactly. So two billion cubic meters of mountain. Oh my God. Two billion cubic meters. I did a bit of math in the Latuya Bay episode <laughs> to kind of try and contextualize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The volume of the Titanic was 130,000 cubic meters. In the Latuya Bay megatsunami, it was caused by 30 million cubic meters of rock or 230 Titanics filled with rock. That caused a tsunami. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here, it's 15,385 Titanics filled with rock slid into Spirit Lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, that doesn't really mean anything. I thought I'd think of something like eat what's, what's even bigger. Mm-hmm. So the great Pyr- pyramid of Giza uh-huh. in Egypt is 2.6 million cubic meters. So 770 great pyramids of Giza slid into spirit Lake off the face of Mount St. Helens. Basically it's unfathomable. <laughs> I couldn't find yeah. a bigger a- analogy. Like the next thing I Googled after like volume of pyramid of Giza was like, what's the volume of the moon? The moon. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And that's obviously way too much, but like 18 moon. That doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, (laughs) So, but like picture like the great pyramid of Giza. Well, that's pretty good because it's made of rock. Right. So, So, and now, but now like try to picture almost 800 of those. Like how do you, I can't, it, I can't picture can't. 800 of anything. No, except exactly. maybe rice. <laughs> right, but even then I wouldn't know where to... Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Thing. Is that 100? Like, you know, guess the jelly beans. Yeah. I never won that game. No. <laughs> I'm actually pretty good at that. Yeah? Because like a jelly... Be- oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different episode. <laughs> that's a different episode. <laughs> that's the tragedy of me getting it right every time. <laughs> so all of this rock, just to recap, yep. 2 billion cubic meters yep, yep. of mountain material traveled at between 180 and 250 kilometers an hour. Or that was my next question. 110 to 155 miles an hour. Oh my God. The landslide fell into Spirit Lake, causing a... Tsunami! A 180 meter high tsunami. <gasps> 600 feet. So it's approximately 45 stories. That's like the whole lake. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you know, where does yeah. it go? It's, well, well land, that's where. Other side. Yeah. Uh, so, and again... For reference, that's almost halfway up the Empire State Building. Gosh. So now, now we're cooking with fire. Now we're cooking with fire, and the well, fire water. isn't even... Uh, yeah, it hasn't even... Yeah. yeah. So as the water receded also from this giant tsunami, it brought massive amounts of debris with it, mostly uprooted trees, and it raised the surface level of Spirit Lake by 61 meters, just because of all the debris that was Briefly, in Briefly, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was a landslide. When it settled. Yeah, when it settled. Jeez. That was a landslide. And then it got worse. Yeah, I betcha. The explosion. So as the face of the mountain slid away, it exposed magma within St. Helens to much lower pressures that it experienced when it was encased in the mountain. Right. Causing molten rock 
and high pressure steam to explode shortly after the landslide started. So basically the landslide, like the explosion followed the trailing edge of the landslide, hurling rock debris laterally northward. So like it starts, the the, the rock slide starts exposing Down. magma and as it's exposed, it just like Boom. starts blowing out. It shoots it off. And it's just, is right at the trailing edge, meaning that's where all like the loose debris is. And then it's just like rocketing it out away from the mountain. Like my, my, the biggest curiosity I have so far is just how fast this occurred. Like you told me how the speed that yeah. it went, but as far as like seconds, like it's like, it can't be much. It, it like minutes, just possibly minutes. minute. Yeah. A minute. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so hot volcanic gases, ash and dust made of volcanic glass was propelled at up to 1,080 kilometers an hour or 670 miles per hour. And possibly even faster than the speed of sound, which is 343 Ooh. meters per second or 1,235 kilometers an hour. Damn. And this is known as pyroclastic flow. Oh. Again, for trivia oh. night. Yeah, that's another death metal album. <laughs> <laughs> or doom rap. Or doom rap. Check out my pyroclastic flow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So material from these explosions and pyroclastic flows radiated over the over an area of about 40 by 30 kilometers, knocking down approximately 600 square kilometers of forest, or 230 square miles. What was, uh, what was Dixie Lee's... Uh... Uh, eight, Estimation eight kilometers. Eight kilometers. That was uh, yeah, eight mm, kilometer red zone. Shot it. Yeah. Well, Just a uh, touch. So well, you know, we'll we'll get there. Okay. And uh, also beyond, <laughs> so that was like the direct damage beyond this area. Trees were killed by the extreme heat. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into more on ha- more on. <laughs> anyway, we'll get we'll get into more on what that extreme heat looked like. Right. Um, and I have a note here. Good thing the governor set up that eight kilometer red zone. Mm. Then it got worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the ash cloud. So while the horizontal pyroclastic flow was being generated, a vertical column of ash rose 19 kilometers or 12 miles into the sky in less than 10 minutes. God. So it, what are you going to do? It's so big. Volcano. It's ridiculous, Just right? Turn and it, this isn't even like, breaks. this isn't even one of the biggest volcanoes. Like, no, we're, we're not, not even talking about a super volcano. About this, super is volcano. Just, this is your workaday average volcano. Yeah, basically. Don't tell Mount St. Helens we said that. Oh my She'll God. She'll erupt Shit. on us. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it kept dumping ash and debris into the stratosphere for 10 nonstop hours. Oh man. And it generated. Yeah, that's what happens. Right. And it generated lightning near the volcano. It so basically, like, lightning. It, it generated its own storm cloud that started, you know, giving off lightning. That's crazy. Which set several forest fires. Oh man! <laughs> right, so it's not even the direct damage; it just keeps Never lets on up. keeps yeah. on going. Yeah. Also, what goes up doesn't stay up, no. so the ash began to settle and was spread far and wide by the wind. So Yakima, Washington, is about about 140 kilometers away, or 85 miles, uh-huh. and it went from blue skies and sun to midnight because of the ash. Wow, 140 kilometers away. Jeez. Red zone was eight kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> Someone and, should have cracked an encyclopedia. Right? And here, yeah, right. And things got, well, things even got dark as far as Spokane, which was about 400 kilometers away or 250 miles. Okay. And there in Spokane, visibility was reduced to about three meters or 10 feet. Yeesh. It's like nothing from here to like the door. Picture a door that's three meters away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's visibility. I mean, you, everything's covered in ash. Yeah. That's got to have a pretty. I wouldn't say devastating, but it's an effect. Yeah. Like no, no, it's well, going to ruin sure. things. And we'll talk about, actually, we're getting to, like, right now, but um, also th- that imagery is, this is terrible, but it, it's also, like, eerily cool imagery. Like, the the silence, like, the ash descending, and, like, uh, I, I think yeah. in the book they were they had this image of, like, you would get the glow from the street lights to kind of orient yourself. Oh, okay. But other than that, like other than street lights or a light in the distance, you had no, like you couldn't see anything. You could see your hand in front of your face. Right. Like, and that's 140 kilometers away. It's not even at the oh, volcano. That's, that's, yeah, way out. So in total, 540 million tons of ash covered an area of 57,000 square kilometers. Uh, or 22,000 square miles. Gee whiz. Casualties. So 62 people... Uh, were known dead in the area uh, due to the landslide and the blast. Okay. Some were possibly cl- crushed by trees, but most likely they were suffocated by the ash. Right. Which, like, especially, like, if this is 140 kilometers away, imagine, like, being within the, that red zone. In the hot zone. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, among the dead were, was uh, David A. Johnson. So he was a member of the U.S. Geological Survey team that first reached St. Helens. Okay. And he volunteered to descend into the initial crater for vault to, for ground samples. Wow. He wasn't in the crater. At the, no. But, <laughs> um, and they apparently, it's kind of badass. I guess they call it taking the dragon's pulse when they sample like in the crater. Like, yeah, that's, that's cool. yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you if are. you're going to do that, you're going to call it something cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And apparently his final words over the radio to the U.S. Geological Survey base in Vancouver, Washington were, Vancouver, Vancouver, this is it. Oh, man. Right. As he watched the bulge start to move and like the face fall off the mountain. Like right as the landslide happened. Yeah. And he was positioned nine kilometers from the summit. So outside the red zone, but, but that red zone was woefully uh, inadequate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so again, he knew fucking, what was about to happen and yeah. what yeah. was in store. I guess, well, him. I guess nobody really maybe knew the extent because, I mean, he, he trusted that eight kilometer red zone, apparently. True, because he didn't GTFO. But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember Harry Truman? Oh, yeah. So the spot where he made his last stand was covered in 12 meters of boiling mud. Oh, boy. So uh, he's, he's he's probably not. Probably didn't it. live to tell the tale. So, well, 83. Yeah. Go out swinging. It's a good run. I want to I think that that was like a conscious choice on his part. You got it. I've lived here for 53 wonder. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 83. I'll go. I'll, I'll get taken up by a volcano. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so here's some more interesting like tidbits. All the plastic parts on a truck parked 20 kilometers away melted. Oh, 13 kilometers Whoa. or 13 miles. Uh, anglers on Green River were severely burned uh, 25 kilometers or 16 miles from the blast. Jeez. And they, they basically survived by diving into the water, which also wasn't cold. Right. But they didn't burn to death at least. No, they didn't get cooked. No. But amazingly, it could have been worse because uh, the eruption happened on a Sunday. Okay. And on weekdays, there were 300 lumberjacks that would have been working in the woods that had been oh, obliterated man. around St. Helens. Yeah, so that was lucky. That was right? So the number was 62 here, and it could have been 362. Right, right. Also, the mountain itself now has a massive crater in it. So the peak was reduced in height by nearly 400 meters or 1,300 wow. feet. And if you look at a picture now on Google Maps or whatever, and again, or if you keep an eye on our social media, mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. this disaster pod, mm -hmm. Instagram, Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook, um, you'll see before and after, and the after is like ridiculous. You can clearly see that this mountain just like fell apart. Right. Blew its stack. Right. And then it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for some lava flow here. <laughs> well... <laughs> Actually, not not that much. Not that much, eh? But next best thing, Interesting. boiling mud flows. Oh, yeah, you mentioned so the boiling So a boiling mud. mud flow, or a lahar, L-A-H-A-R, okay. trivia night, jumped the ridge of Spirit Lake and dumped into Tidal River. So it pushed water out of Tidal River, flooding the surrounding areas. Okay. And the flood water mixed with mud as it went along and clogged up uh, Cowlitz River and nearly completely clogged the Columbia. So... The Columbia has made like a major shipping lane. Okay. Uh, and it was close to shipping temporarily because the depth was reduced to four meters. So like ships couldn't go through. Right. It basically filled this shipping lane. It just lane. dumped all this yeah. crud uh, into it. And the military finally ended up clearing it in November 1981. Uh -huh. so, like almost a year of cleaning it at a cost of $250 million. Jeez. And can you imagine like cleaning this? <laughs> like boiling mud. It's bringing all this ash and debris with it. Yeah. And like how... How do you even, how do you even start, right? Yeah. Like cleaning your yard is a pain in the ass. It seems like an unwinnable Now you have to deal with task. 540 million tons of ash. Yeah. And these mud flows and Jesus. <laughs> so it also caused a 32 kilometer or 20 mile log jam on the Columbia because of all the dead trees that had been washed away by right. the tsunami and just like being pushed around. And it killed millions of salmon and steelhead trout, either mm. by boiling or clogging their gills with ash. Oh, jeez. And also on top of this, St. Helens didn't stop erupting. So these were like the big events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so nothing as violent as what came before, but it kept releasing plumes of ash and mud flows. So wherever the ash fell, it wreaked havoc. Like it would clog car engines and choke air filters right. and basically made travel impossible. And That's people, what I was getting at before. Yeah, I mean. yeah, like you're shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't, it gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, so people were basically constantly wearing and in your dang lungs. Well, and people were wearing gas or uh, like breathers or improvised face masks all the time. Right, right, right. Um, and the worst part is that ash isn't snow. 
Like you think of ash because it's like coming down yeah. gently, but it doesn't melt. Nope. It just like lands and there, it there it goes. is, right? Yeah, yeah. And when it rains or flooding comes through, it just becomes like a tar, tar-like slurry, yeah. right? Uh, covers everything like as if it wasn't bad enough that it's getting into your lungs and your engines yeah, and everything. Yeah. Now it turns into like now this black tar rubber, that's yeah. going to stick to everything. Yeah. Um, but at least, thankfully, it wasn't toxic. And this isn't a psych out because I do that sometimes in this podcast where I'm like, thankfully... But thankfully, <laughs> trust, it wasn't toxic. That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just ash. Just ash. Yeah. That will suffocate you, but not poison yeah. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Silver lining. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, every cloud. Black cloud of ash. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've got a quote here from the book, because every now and then they, there's a quote that stands out to me. Yeah. Um, there was, however, so it wasn't toxic or wasn't poisoning. Right. And then the book says, there was, however, a poisoning of the spirit by frustration, by an awareness that science, which had built up a comfortable civilization, could do nothing to control this destructive outburst of nature. Which and perhaps that's the worst poison of all. Indeed. Well, I'm going to, a lot of times the book gets cheesy and I read something like this <laughs> and I'll do like the, that's my hand hitting my forehead. Palm there. But it, it's got a point. Like it's, it, and it speaks to our overarching theme in the podcast of like helplessness in the face yeah. of these things. Universe like, don't give a shit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Harry Truman there being like, yeah, I'm going to stare yeah. this volcano down. Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm staying. Have fun with well. that. <laughs> Great. You're, yeah. you're talking to a planet that's been chewing us up and spitting us out yeah. since we were, since we appeared on it. Yeah. You're not at the okay corral, Harry. Yeah. It's not a shootout. Yeah, exactly. You lose. It's just, you know, <laughs> so you just like every now and then you'll, you'll get this volcano that's like, Nice civilization you got there. <laughs> yeah. Be a shame if a volcano were to happen mm. to it. <laughs> I'm starting to feel warm inside. <laughs> so, got a bit of an epilogue, as I frequently do. Love so, after the dust settled, uh, I've got a note here that says pause for applause. <laughs> anyway, after the dust settled, fireweed, upright huckleberry, and everlasting lupine started poking their green leaves and flowers through the ash. Oh, you were talking about plants. Yeah. I I should just say... There's a bunch of weird people. Let me... (laughs) Let me take another stab at that. I'll I'll stop trying to be fancy. Okay. Uh, After the dust settled, plants grew. Ah. That's a good sign. (laughs) It doesn't sound as good, but... Fine. Um, Ants and gophers began mixing ash with the nutrient-rich soil underneath, uh, being enriched by the new vegetation. Elk and deer returned to the area. And within three years of the eruption, 90% of plant species that were originally in the area had returned. Ah, so that's awesome. There you go. Uh, and now there's a 100,000 acre national monument that can be found on the public lands surrounding Mount St. Helens. So that's, that's also a bonus. Yeah. Um, volcanic forecasting in the area improved following the eruption. So they predicted most of 24 eruptions in that area over the seven years following St. Helens. Okay. Probably because... They really keep an eye on it. Yeah. (laughs) You learn from your mistakes. Exactly. Won't make that one again. Yeah. But even though it's improved, let's not forget that the unit of prediction for volcanic activity is still centuries. So it could be a hundred years from now, or it could be tomorrow. But one thing's for sure. We haven't heard the last from the volcanoes along the Cascade Range. And that's a disaster. That sure was. So yeah, as I was saying, I think volcanoes might... They're coming close to supplanting tsunamis for me. <laughs> if only for the fact that you live with the mountain, right? Like well, a yeah. tsunami comes out of the ocean and ruins your day, Assume, to put it mildly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is like, people knew, it's not a surprise that St. Helens was a volcano. They're living there and you're staring at it every day. No, you're playing Russian roulette every single day. Exactly. It's yeah. just the the empty chambers are literally centuries. Yeah. Exactly. So your odds are good. Yep. But they're not perfect. No, exactly. But also you you got to think that volcanoes are almost part and parcel with tsunamis. I mean, there's more the right. the cause of the event in in yep. not every case Seismic. obviously. But um it's usually earthquakes are involved. Yeah. They're like they're an instigating factor. Yeah. Like here, an earthquake started everything, right? Yeah. And if you have a volcanic eruption near a body of water like here. Yep. Like, we got a bonus tsunami. Here. It's just like a bonus <laughs> event. <laughs> uh, if you're in a disaster. Yeah. But a, a tsunami is more of an event. Yeah. A, a volcano is 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 that. It's always a volcano. Yeah. It's just being a volcano, yeah. whether or not it decides to erupt. Yeah, exactly. You know. 
Uh, and then also on top of that, we talked about this a little bit, but this is another instance of like the power of inertia. It's so yeah. much easier to keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. Even in the face of like this, like it's a, it's a rup. Did, did you notice the 40 earthquakes an hour? No. You didn't, you didn't no. notice that one? Okay, that cool. Not, not cool, enough cool, of cool, a warning. Cool, cool. I'm going to hit the snooze button again. Yeah. On that? Yeah. Okay. So like you want to, you want to think that you would act differently. So <laughs> I, I have a note here that says like, I, I wrote that it's at once inconceivable and also completely understandable. Like Absolutely. There's, there's so many people that were like, ah, I don't want to move yeah, God, for and nothing. You, on, on the one hand, you're like, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, you're like, well, maybe your family's been there for a hundred years. Well, yeah. On the, on the opposite end of the event, it's easy to go, why didn't you leave? Yeah. Because there was like yeah. any number of chances that it would have been nothing. And yeah. you would have moved That's to right. wherever for no reason. And yeah, you know, you could ruin your life that way or yeah. at least, you know, totally. But anyway, so, hey. so that's that's a disaster. That's that's the fury of Mount St. Helens. But I also like what you said about how the nature returned yeah. to form pretty quickly. And and that, again, that goes back to like our whole theme of universe don't care about you. It's yep. like the planet's like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah your house, uh, <laughs> not a problem for me, but <laughs> I'll, I'll work it out. Yeah. Like, what's that? Uh, I'd be making it up, but like there was some number of like if humans disappeared mm. in some like shockingly short time frame for the Earth to reach like an ideal equilibrium. Oh, absolutely. like if we just like if you could snap it, if you could like Thanos, but like everyone off of Earth, yeah, Earth would be fine in like what five years? I don't know what the number is, but Better like off, a ridiculously really. <laughs> short time span. Yeah, it would just sort of like yeah do one of those that was weird that was <laughs> what was with those guys <laughs> anyway come back bees yeah um cool. okay so good one this time let's go on to the music yeah. so this time we're doing something a little bit different i kind of sent you a message um saying that uh because i wanted to do like a sort of night and day comparison i yeah. asked you to kind of pick your like happiest most like bubblegum song it's just like happy place kind of music. <laughs> and then also pick one of like the most fucked up things that you've listened to. Right. To mirror idyllic, beautiful Mount St. Helens yep. with a perfect peak. Gotcha. Followed by blown to shit crater Mount St. <laughs> Helens. So uh, how about you go first? I, th I think I can deliver on that. Okay. So the before track mm -hmm. my idyllic track yeah. um this isn't bubblegum okay. by any means it's 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 a track by apex twin okay uh renowned electronic yeah. artist richard d james mm -hmm. uh one of my favorites and uh, i went with a song blue calcs okay his songs have really strange titles sure it's from the selected ambient works volume two album mm -hmm. that came out in 1992 okay. on warp records right <clears throat> um so to listen to it i wouldn't necessarily say it's you could almost say it's sad in a okay. way like the music but it's very ambient it's very serene and for me it's definitely like my happy place okay. like i'll sometimes listen to it as i'm falling asleep oh, okay or if i you know if i'm listening to it and i'm really focused on it it's like nothing is the matter right it, it is gotcha. all serenity so it's a nice. it's a beautiful piece of music it's very Minimal, very ambient, and very lovely. So nice. yeah, check it out. It's awesome. probably playing right now. I will do. It, yeah. And on the other side of the coin, mm -hmm. um, a little on the nose, I think it's a song called Love as Arson uh, with the fire thing okay, by yeah. the band Converge. Okay. Um, it's one of their earlier tracks. It's actually the first song I ever heard from them. Um, so now they're, you could say they're sort of a metallic hardcore band, but yeah. Back then, uh, 1997 to be exact, they were very much just trying to like reinvent every Slayer riff they could. <laughs> but when I heard this song, I couldn't in particular believe the vocals. I, I thought the guy was literally on fire. Okay. <laughs> it's just wretched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Love is Arson from the Coalesce Converge Split 7 Inch came out in 1997. And it's, uh, it's fiery. Right, as you're, I'm sure you're hearing right now. You're hearing right now. All right. Those are my picks. Sweet. Well, for me, uh, for my happy choice, I went like full on, and you're going to know the second I say this band name. You probably already know what I'm going to say. My happy place is a band called Animanaguchi. Oh, okay. Um, they're formed in 2004 <clears throat> from New yeah. York City. There's four dudes. And they're kind of like Nintendo synth rock. 
Yeah. Uh, they actually did like the sound, if you're into games, they did the soundtrack for Bit Trip Runner mm. and other games. Um, the album is Dawn Metropolis from 2009, and the song is uh, Blackout City. Uh, and it's basically like, I always describe this song, them, but this song in particular as like victory music for my life. <laughs> like if I ever like achieve something, I imagine this song playing. Okay. And like myself at eight bits, like flying through the sky, <laughs> we're doing like one of those Superman poses. Yeah. The credits of the video game. Are exactly. Going by. Yeah. And then Japanese uh, name. I also think like when I have, when I listen to this song after having my morning coffee, that's what I, I that's what I think speed would feel like because <laughs> it's just like such a happy high energy thing right uh, it's like my ha- happiest happy place on earth nice to that. sounds good <clears throat> other side of the coin yeah. labeled here as fucked for me uh, <laughs> as a band i think i've talked to them before i talked to you about them before uh alterage they're yeah. from spain okay and they're like black death metal mm-hmm. uh their first album was 2015 they're one of these bands that are kind of obscure i don't know how many people are in the band i don't know the band member name okay i think it's like four very guys. little information yeah so the album is uh endigent okay um from 2017 uh it came out on season of mist right and the song is spear heteron <laughs> and uh i picked it because it's basically fast violent and disturbing okay just just like St. Helens. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a stark contrast to Anamanaguchi. <laughs> just like Mount St. Helens blowing your face off. Yeah. Compared to Mount St. Helens and like Bambi grazing yeah. in the forest. It's the Godzilla foot that crushes Bambi in that. Yeah. Short. Exactly. And I'm sure you're hearing it now. Yes. I'm sure it's disturbing you after having heard Anamanaguchi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cool. So I hope you like those tracks. You got a, you got a twofer. Uh, from both of us. So yeah. um, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to share it wherever uh, you like sharing things, Twitter or Facebook. Did we miss something? Was Mount St. Helens the worst disaster you've ever heard? Do you know someone that lived through Mount St. Helens to tell the tale? You get in touch, start a yeah. conversation, get rope touch. us in. I'd love to hear about somebody who actually experienced this. Yeah. That'd be awesome. If you like what you hear, we encourage you to leave us a review on iTunes because that's super helpful. Yes. Uh, if you think we deserve it, then the more stars, the better. The but that's more up to the you. better. You know what? No pressure. Give us one no star pressure. if you think it's worthy. We're not a volcano. We're not building up pressure. There's no, no pressure here. There's no pressure. We're in a bit of a volcano. Hey, <laughs> we're in a bit of a volcano mood. Uh, and you can, so you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at this disaster pod as well. So, oh, I almost forgot. Next time. Oh. Next time, we're exploring the toll that solitude can take on the open seas and why overpromising can lead you astray. Whoa. And it might be a two-parter. <laughs> that is intriguing. Might be our first two-parter as well. Cool. So we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.